This is CliffCentral.com. Hi there, it's Michael Kahn here, and I'm in studio at the CX Innovation and Tech Fest with Brett Lindsay. We are talking about innovation around customer experience and the disruption thereof. How are you, Brett? I'm well, Mike. How are you doing? That was a very formal start to a, to a Futurology it, podcast. It, it was, it was. Um, and when you say studio, it's very loosely interpreted as a big auditorium at the Maslow. Fantastic, though, isn't it? <laughs> it They've is given good. us a whole auditorium. I, f- I feel quite special. Um, but, Brett, it's been a yes. fantastic two days here. It has, it really um, has. And, you know, this is an introduction to to, to all of our guest speakers who who have joined us in the in our makeshift studio, our outside broadcast. Cost. Yep. Um, and, and how have you found it, Brett? It's really insightful. I, I like the fact that there's a lot of local speakers yes. uh, all sharing case studies and use cases from local businesses doing things to impact the customer service area within our country. 100%. And it's great to see that. I mean, we've always known South Africa is a great hotpot for, for innovation. And it's great to have innovation, but it's another thing to execute it and put it into the workplace. And Absolutely. There's great things happening in South Africa. So that's encouraging. And, and inspiring. But, but yes. it's also been quite interesting listening to, to a lot of the comments in the audience. It's really interesting to see a lot of uh, the challenges people are face around innovation and this world of disruption with technology, yeah, yeah. Um, which, which is really what we're doing here. It's really about the inspiring part of 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 what we offer as 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 a podcast as as an organization for sure getting into organizations and inspiring people to to shift their thinking around that yeah so rather than being afraid of the future start absolutely. embracing the possibilities around that change absolutely and it's really cool uh, the the great thing about customer experience as a as a focus is that it's it's about the people again 100% so absolutely it's not technology led it's not all these things that are sometimes too big to understand or comprehend it comes down to the person it comes down to a real Real need with real people. Absolutely. And we can inspire that change to say, don't fear, embrace that change. Let's uh, go. Absolutely, which is critical. But Brett, do you want to just give us a very brief introduction to what this is all about? Cool. So in short, it's the CX Innovation and Tech Fest where they celebrate people, technology, ideas, and innovations that are literally transforming the way businesses make and keep customers. That's the important thing. So it's one thing to get them, but how do you retain them? Absolutely. And that's, it's, it's around service and what is the, the big talk around CX and what are we doing innovatively? What are we doing things? But it comes down to the fact that we know the world is changing. Absolutely. Customers are more demanding. Customer loyalty is decreasing. New technologies are constantly emerging. And it's, it's how do you get your market share? As a business that has a huge consumer base, how do you get that market share? How do you attract them? How do you keep them? How do you seduce them to stay with you or even come across from the dark side? And you've got to make sure that it's the USP that you start to have is around customer experience and the customer service. It's not so much low-cost pricing anymore. It's not high-quality product. It's how, what is your brand? What is the combination of all of that? Absolutely. And there's great discussion happening here at, at this. And it's, it's, it's round about how technology has become an essential tool to enable a shift in thinking uh, with business to move more into a CX way of life. And, uh, yeah, it's really great to see it happening here in, in Johannesburg. Fantastic. Well, enjoy this podcast. What we have done is we've changed the format here. So please download this podcast. And the rest of the CX podcasts are available on our Futurology homepage on Cliff Central. Yeah, and if you want to follow us on Twitter, we have a Twitter handle at Futurology Show. And you can tweet us as much as you like. And we'll be tweeting out some of the shows as well. So follow Absolutely. us. Absolutely. Fantastic. Enjoy. Enjoy.
And we're still at the CX Innovation and Tech Fest here in Johannesburg. We're interviewing amazing people all of the time. Mike, are you having fun? I'm having great fun. Thank okay. you, Fred. Excellent. You're keeping me greatly amused. Okay, that's fantastic. But, but as long not, as you are. But it's not about us. No, it's, it's not about, about us. Our exactly. So and who are we talking to? We have none other than Mr. Simon Dingle. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. <laughs> and uh, from Phantom Design, and the hat you're wearing today is one of keynote speaker talking about the future around Bitcoin, cryptocurrencies, and your topic of your talk is In Math We Trust. So thanks for your talk. Thanks for your time today. Tell us more about who you are in Phantom Design and what we're talking about. Okay. So um, I, I'm a designer and an investor. Um, yeah. And uh, most of my work over the last few years has been in designing financial technology. Cool. Um, so I used to work with a company called 227, yes. um, uh, yep. which yep. was acquired by Old Mutual in 2013. We built a personal financial management app, essentially. Um, I then worked with a company that's now called Luno when I yes. joined the team. Okay. It was called Bitix. Oh, cool. Were, I'm on Luno. Okay, good. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So there were five guys in a, in a yeah. room in Stellenbosch when I joined the company. Um, and we, we built what's now one of the longest-running Bitcoin exchanges in the world. Um, after that, uh, I worked in the UK for a company called Curve, uh, building a credit card product and app. Uh, uh, no, this is a, a smart card product. Okay. There's a there's okay. a there's a Curve in South Africa as well, as far as I know. But okay. we're not those guys. This is that, that, that's the gym. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> no, oh, it's ac- curves. It's curves. Ac- actually, curves. in financial curves. technology, but okay. uh, right. yeah. So, so I, I design, I design and build financial technology. Uh, we do that now as a firm um, called Phantom Design. Yeah. Myself and my Brilliant. two business partners, Sam Beck Bessinger and, and, and Daniel Laity. Uh, we've worked with banks, asset managers, insurance companies, you name it. But we design and build financial technology. Uh, we also have our own projects uh, and a company called Invest Capital, um, where we actively invest in cryptocurrency technologies. Excellent. Fantastic. Well, that sounds exciting. So yeah. the talk today around CX and innovation and tech fest. Tell us more about uh, what we hope to hear on the stage later. Uh, yeah, so I think there's there's a lot of interest in in Bitcoin and cryptocurrency um, and blockchain technology, um, yeah. but I think we're we, you know mm. we're at the height of a hype period at the moment, and so there's also a lot of well, on the one hand a lot of interest, but on the other hand a lot of misunderstanding yeah, and experts absolutely. that were born yesterday, <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh, in terms of their knowledge of of, of the stuff. Um, you know, whereas we've been working with with uh, blockchain technologies quite actively since 2011, um, and so today I, I think we'll be giving a broad overview of what Bitcoin is. Um, you know the the Cambrian explosion that's currently underway in yeah. cryptocurrency. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, demystifying some of it, um, busting some of the myths around it, and talking about practically what it means for for people and society. Absolutely, yeah. It's an important one because I mean the the, the subtext to that really is all about trust. Yeah. Um, and and you know we had a lot of trust when there was the butcher, the baker, and the candlestick maker, and your <laughs> reputation was pretty clear. Yeah, tangible it, things. Yeah. yeah. If the horseshoe fell off the horse, you wouldn't go back to that horseshoe maker. You know, you really wouldn't. Yeah. You know, and trust is an important part of this. So, I mean, this is part of what it's all about for the consumer. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, trust is an interesting thing, and uh, you know, when you when you talk about technology and security yeah. and what it takes to be a trusted brand, for example. Uh, things get get very complicated, but essentially, I mean, the fundamentals haven't changed from uh, from your example of, of, of the horseshoe mm. maker. Um, <laughs> as as a society, as as human beings, um, we've always had money, and and money yes. has always been a, a way to make trust portable. It is. Um, yeah. It's the second most important thing we've had anthropologically after language to kind okay. of make civilization work. 
Um, the interesting thing mm. is, you know, money started off as a as a distributed system, yes. uh, as a peer to peer network where yeah, I could is. pay anybody, Absolutely. receive payment from anybody. We went through an unfortunate period in the middle of civilization where we started to centralize our trust uh, invested in third Absolutely. parties that became incredibly powerful, um, but have also led us down quite badly. Mm. Um, and and I think what excites me about cryptocurrency and 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 the re- real emphasis of my talk is that we're now returning to a state where we're able to run trust distributed systems and yes. trustless systems essentially yeah, um, absolutely and where I, trust exactly i don't have to trust central authorities yeah. or companies um and and it's really a beautiful movement that's underway uh, it's a, it's an incredibly exciting movement because it's actually going to redefine absolutely everything yeah. and most of us can't see how it's going to re- redefine everything which makes it even more exciting because it there's a foundation to 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 the words that we we, we share uh, I'm intrigued by your idea that money is the second most important invention. And, and just sitting here racking my brain, I, I can't find an argument to counter that. I, I actually can't, though. I don't know if you can, Brett. No, I wouldn't try. I think uh, we've got a person who knows his, his, uh, his topic very well. And it's, it's amazing that you are able to find simple ways of explaining this very complicated, what seems to be a very complicated mm-hmm. big system, yeah. uh, when in actual fact it's really just bringing it back to what we had originally before we mess it up as humanity. Absolutely. It's, yeah, it's absolutely. remarkably simple. And I think it's unfortunate that, you know, philosophically, if you, if you ask people what money is, uh, we're so far removed mm. from, from the mechanics of our economy that, that most people can't give you an accurate answer. They know, they know what money that's can it. do for them. They yeah. know it's fungible and that they can that's exchange it for yeah. other things. But when it comes to what the financial system looks like and how it operates, mm. unfortunately, there's mm. widespread misunderstanding. And I think that's part of uh, the problem today. Uh, it's part of why we're, we're, we've got a debt crisis looming. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, the, it's why things like the 2008 collapse happened. Absolutely. Um, is people are out of touch with the financial system. Absolutely. Yeah, sure. In fact, uh, a couple of podcasts ago, we had Professor Steve Keen. I don't know if you know him. He was no, one. Him, yeah. Yeah, he was one of the few economists who actually predicted the, the financial collapse in 2008. And we were speaking exactly about that. So if you think there isn't a financial crisis coming, think again. It's, it's gonna, it's coming within the next one to two, three years. Well, I think there always is a financial crisis coming. <laughs> but this <laughs> Booms is, and busts are kind of how the world works. <laughs> it, it is. I mean, certainly when you look at the, 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 the way our economy works and certainly the way, um, the financial modeling works, it's, yeah. it's, it's guaranteed and it's inevitable. But it's interesting because you mentioned the word debt. Steve Keen tracks the level of personal debt and, and why it's going to actually impact on that. Mm-hmm. And I think Canada is sitting at about 220% personal debt to GDP. So, you know, in a simple example, I've got 100 rand and I'm only, well, I'm, I, I, I've got to pay 220 rand. I'm only earning 100 rand. Yeah. You're kind of fucked. Pretty I mean, much. Pretty much. <laughs> pretty I mean, much. it's the only way to put it. It really <laughs> is. So, yeah. And, and your point around money is interesting is every time I ask a banker how money's created, they give me a long answer, but it's never the truth. Well, the truth is money is printed on the whim of politicians. Uh, absolutely. Out of, out of nothing. Yeah. And, and we're so in the midst of a currency war as a result. Absolutely. Yeah. Countries have been printing money on absolutely. overdrive yeah. since 2009. 100%. So, yeah. sorry, just to come back to the trust topic, yes. uh, or trust, trust theme. The, you've got two different places where trust is falling apart. One being the fact that we've all placed our trust already in this tangible currency, mm-hmm. uh, real money that we've got. 
Um, and then you've got maybe your silver surfers and the older generations who have a lack of trust in the digital things. Yes. Um, are we trying to convert them? Are we trying to get the older generations or society as a whole to get into it? How does that transformation start to happen and where's the biggest impact? Well, that's the fascinating discussion mm. because anthropologically, the way that we imbibe new technologies as a species hasn't really changed. And one of the things that fascinates me most about how human beings engage with the new technology is that we discover things before we know what to do with them. Yeah. <laughs> so we discovered fire and we didn't know what to do with it. We just we burnt our hands. <laughs> yeah. And then we figured out that you could cook meat and you could actually yeah. outsource for a digestive system, cook, which cook, is amazing. Cook, cooking your yeah. meat by burning yeah. your hands. Yeah. But, you know, That's electricity, we discovered it by somebody getting shocked with lightning. Yeah, exactly. We figured out how to harness it, but yeah. we really didn't know what to do with it at first. Then we yes, figured out you could, you could use it for lighting. And in fact, if you look at the early 20th century, that's all people thought electricity would ever be yeah. good for is lighting. Yeah, now you absolutely. look at everything that electricity has enabled, we had no idea. No, so, you know, the internet, when it was born, um, we mm. kind of figured out that we could network computers and send messages between them, but we didn't know what it was good for. Absolutely. Now we've learned that it's fantastic for sharing pictures of cats. Who knew? Wonderful. Right? <laughs> but maybe one day we'll figure out something useful for that too. Yes. Well, the, all, those, all, all the machine learning going into cat recognition is yes. going to be really useful. Baby pictures and cats and well, pornography. That's I, what the internet is for. I was about to bring up a different term of cats there. The little, <laughs> too many pussies flying around. Anyway. Wow, okay. I'm <laughs> well, talking about pussy cats here, but anyway. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. All right. So, yeah. Um, and then obviously on the back of Bitcoin, for anybody that does know about Bitcoin, would come up the next topic, which is blockchain. Yes. The regulatory infrastructure that is said to be the chicken and egg. How does that work? You mentioned it earlier. Some people say blockchain, then Bitcoin. I think I, th I really think anybody who's even mildly interested in mm. the space should should really take the time to read Satoshi Nakamoto's original white paper yeah. for Bitcoin. Yeah. Satoshi, it's, it's not a long document. Is no, it? no, it's yeah. it's a few pages, yeah. easily digestible. Um, Satoshi, of course, is a pseudonymous character. That's not their real like the name. Banksy guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, there's some there's some there's some pretty good reasons to believe it yeah anyway we won't get into the discussion yeah. who satoshi is yeah. but um but the white paper is really what gave birth to bitcoin and there's a lot of there are a lot of really bad ideas surrounding bitcoin mm -hmm. at the moment that are immediately dispelled by um by that white yes. paper for example people think that bitcoin is a decentralized network it isn't it's a distributed network a distribu there's a key difference, a difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and if you understand network topology as technologists yeah. you, you you know that there's a big difference in there um you know the white paper makes it quite clear that the blockchain is something that comes from bitcoin not the other way around yes and uh, another big uh, bad idea around bitcoin at the moment is that the blockchain is is the headline and bitcoin is just kind of this thing that's happening now and, and isn't the takeaway yes. um but but the white paper you know will convince you, hopefully, that Bitcoin really is the headline and blockchain is just one of the things we need to make it work. Just just take us through that thought process because it's it's a subtle point, I think, but it's yeah. an important point because it's easy to get confused on this. And I think there we dive into anthropology again because, you know, the reason language is so powerful is because it gives us mythology. Yes. And mythology is so powerful because it, it, it enables us to create massive organizing structures for society. So... You know, money is a narrative. It's a story we tell. It, is. it exists in myth. Um, these are absolutely. pieces of paper and ink mm -hmm. and shiny rocks and things that we found on this planet. Yeah. Yeah, they, they have no value outside of the story that we agree yeah. to uh, as a society. I think Bitcoin is so exciting because it gives us a better story to tell about money. Um, yeah. And the story is always the more important component of anything. The technology that enables it can chop and change and come yeah. and go yes. and get faster and slower. We might discover better algorithms, maybe, you know, 
blockless chains like IOTA will emerge as the best way to do yeah, it. But yeah. essentially, we've got a very good story mm. about how money could be better. And yes. Bitcoin is that story. Blockchain is an enabler. Yeah. Um, yes. It uses some things that aren't new, like SHA-256 cryptography algorithms. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, See, the, I don't know about that. Yeah, no, no, that's <laughs> fantastic. But these are things that existed before yeah. the blockchain. No, the, the blockchain just puts them together in a really elegant way. Brilliant. Um, but, you know, while that's that's mildly interesting from a technology perspective, the idea of Bitcoin, a, a, a peer-to-peer digital cash um, that can be sent from yes. one human being to another without a, a central bank or a central authority. Or um, a service fee. Or a service fee. Well, I mean, that's another discussion because you do yeah. pay mining fees and they're quite yeah, high yeah. at the moment depending on which uh, fork you're on. But, yeah, <laughs> um, but, but Bitcoin is a story. Blockchain is just a technology and yeah. stories excite us as human beings, not technology. Can, can I but ask you a question? Just, Sorry, Brett. How, how does that differ to the Ethereum network? So Ethereum has some fundamental differences. Uh, they mostly come in, in, in terms of supply and the economy of the network. So, for example, you might have heard that Bitcoin has a finite supply. Yes. There will only ever be 21 million Bitcoin That's right. uh, in circulation. Ethereum has an unlimited supply. Yes. Uh, so there can be an infinite amount of Ethereum over time. It has a limited monthly supply. Um, okay. So it's capped in terms of frequency. Etc. Etc. The other thing Ethereum has is a programming framework called Solidity that enables yes. you to write smart contracts. Okay. And and so while Bitcoin is, and again this is Satoshi's own words, uh, a peer-to-peer digital cash system, Ethereum, which was designed by Vitalik Buterin and yes. yeah. and some of his friends, was designed Boy, to genius. to be more of a global computer that you know we can use for creating decentralized applications okay. yeah. um, where there's an economy that 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 comes part and parcel with, with the, the network of compute. Okay. Um, so, so in a nutshell, one of the ways I like to think about it, and, and some people might challenge me on this, is you know, at the moment if you're an app developer or you're developing yes. a technology stack, likely you're going to be doing it on something like Amazon's uh, cloud stack. Yeah. You're going to be using AWS or, or Google's CloudFront or um, maybe Microsoft. Uh, yeah, Azure. Um, whereas with, with, with um, Ethereum, I can now build applications on top of a decentralized network. Yes. Um, and instead of paying for um, space in Amazon or Microsoft or Google's yeah, uh, data absolutely. centers, I'm paying to utilize a global computer. Okay. okay. So, but but the, the Ether currency is still linked to the, the Ether, Ethereum blockchain, just yes. as Bitcoin is linked to the Bitcoin blockchain. So you yeah. cannot separate these. I'm, yeah. I'm just really trying to understand the, the subtleness of your point. Around yes. That we cannot... Just so we can, that, yeah. we've got a way of metering compute yes. where the currency is tied into the compute platform. Ethereum, of course, is different because it has a um, derivative currency called gas, yes. uh, which is used to pay for mining fees on the Ethereum uh, blockchain. So it kind of separates uh, the economies of compute around the economies uh, okay. of commerce on top of that, the, the network of value that exists on top of the. So, so there's some subtle differences between Ethereum and Bitcoin. I think they were built for very different purposes. Yes, absolutely. Um, I'm very bullish on Ethereum. Um, I, as Invest Capital, we 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 only hold a handful of um, tokens, and Ethereum is one of them. Obviously, Bitcoin is another. Um, but but Ethereum is one of the, the the alternative tokens that I think really does deserve to exist. Okay. You spoke about stories, storytelling. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think that cryptocurrencies in general have started a new story within which we can challenge the institutional banking that we've had? Absolutely. And 
that's what yeah. one of that's one of its great powers. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So it it it, it, it threatens the central banking system. Yeah. It also removes another stupid myth, which is borders. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. You know, our borders are reinforced by armies, navies, and currencies. Um, yes. Whereas whereas Bitcoin, you know, I could if I do a Bitcoin transaction to you sitting across the table. From you or somebody in Japan, the mining fees will be the same to yeah. the network. It'll look yeah, the same. Absolutely. You know, in a, in a system like Bitcoin, in a truly distributed network, the notion of a border is a pretty stupid one. No, absolutely. And I think just to expand on that point, Brett, and I mean Simon, jump in on here. The the fractional reserve that sits at the heart of the banking system gets disrupted, and when you mm. change that, it redefines inequality, poverty. I mean, the the list goes on. And yes. capitalism, as we understand it mm. in today's form, gets redefined fundamentally. And this is why. Yeah. It's potentially so disruptive. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's inclusive in a way that the financial system currently isn't. You know, I'm, I'm not knocking big banks or even central banks necessarily, but in South Africa, there's, depending who you ask, anywhere between five and 10 million people who are unbanked. Yeah. yeah. It's not because they don't want bank accounts necessarily. Yeah. It's because the system can't make it work for them. They can't. Banks absolutely. can't make enough fees from them. They don't, you know, their, their deposits and the, the amount of value that they hold isn't enough, et cetera. Whereas the blockchain doesn't discriminate. Um, mm, absolutely. So, so there's no reason why you can't have a, a Bitcoin wallet um, as somebody, you know, earning a minimum wage, whereas you're going to struggle to get a bank account. Now, are there are obvious technological barriers there, but I think another another misunderstanding of Bitcoin is that it exists purely online. And while the ledger does, uh, it can be extrapolated into paper notes. It can be in the form of brain wallets. If you can remember okay. a set of 12 words, for example, you can have a wallet living in your brain. Yeah, you can. Okay. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. So, so there are ways to take Bitcoin offline as well, which is quite interesting. Okay. That's, a, that's a fascinating so with, with all the other technologies that are going to be converging in the next sort of little bit in the future, uh, we've got autonomous uh, processes, machines, robots, yeah. and machine learning and all that coming into it. Um, Bill Gates is saying we're going to tax the robots when they start coming yes. through there, and oh we're going to have something. Oh. Well, because ordinarily yeah. there would be money being made. So tax the robots, create universal basic income on the back of that, uh, all these great things happening. Where do you see convergence going? Where do you see cryptocurrency really being the point of convergence, if, if at all? Um, I think it, it, it's an enabler for all of it. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's, there's some interesting ideas that are emerging in the cryptocurrency space. One of them is the idea of streaming money in the way that you stream video now. Okay. Um, so we're not there yet with Bitcoin, for example. Um, you know, f- future iterations of the Lightning Network um, mm. uh, might give us a way to do this. Uh, other cryptocurrency systems like IOTA are already almost there. The idea is that um, I can do very precise metering. Um, for example, when I start watching a movie on Netflix, there could be currency streaming yes. at the same time as the video, and when I hit pause, the payment stops. So it's a very precise payment for engaging with that content. Okay. When I get into a self-driving car on a network like Uber, for example, yeah. money can start streaming to the vehicle, and the second I get out, the streaming stops. And So I think that's quite an interesting idea. Uh, I, also, yeah. I also find the idea of dumb electronics becoming economically active in the Internet of Things, yes, uh, thanks to things like IOTA. Um, the, by now, you should have picked up that's the third cryptocurrency we hold yeah. as invest capital. Very exciting. Okay. But, I mean, if you think something as simple as a light bulb, for example, could have a wallet, mm-hmm. um, and it could be buying electricity from the grid, 
and it could be earning electricity for having the lights on in a room. Um, you know, a Wi-Fi router in a restaurant, for example, uh, could be earning cryptocurrency from laptops connecting to it in the coffee shop, and it could be buying bandwidth and electricity to so pay for bills. So that gets rid of completely the transactional layer within society. Yeah, yeah. So it but becomes just an existence layer that is fluid almost. It creates it creates more space for human beings to sit around and drink beer and while the yeah. while the computers do all the work. <laughs> but, but, but it's a value layer as well. Oh, yes, yes. You know, so we refer to value. the yeah. So there's the Internet of Things, and now we talk about the Internet of Value as well. That kind of yeah, overlays uh, it. Uh, that's uh, incredible. Absolutely. Yeah, now you've you've just sparked a huge idea for me because we do an Internet of Things project to manage cattle. Because, you know, I mean, you turn a dump cattle... Oh, that's interesting, in, yeah. yeah. But the, the critical thing is not about the management of the cattle. It's actually about the management of the grass. Mm -hmm. So if we start managing the grass, now you start putting streaming block... Or, or, or what, what was that currency? Uh, IOTA. IOTA. You start putting that into it. Well, if you have, a, if you have a gas emitting oh. sensor, you can calculate how much methane is going into the air as well. <laughs> yeah, you could do your carbon offsets <laughs> as well. No, so, no, just it, put a plug there and you just turn that yeah. into a little power plant. Another interesting example um, that might spark other things is in the storage space. Um, yes. So you might have seen tokens like StoreJ and Filecoin. Um, yes, and the idea is we can build a Dropbox-like service that's distributed. Uh, so you, you could install a client on your laptop and your free hard drive space you make available to the network. Brilliant. Yes. Um, people who are uploading their files to the service will have it encrypted, broken up, and stored on computers all over the world. Kind of like yeah. Pied Piper trying to do that in Silicon Valley. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Very smart. Yeah. Um, but the but but you can be compensated for that hard drive space you're making available using a cryptocurrency. Yes. So Fantastic. you know you'll actually be paid for your free hard drive space. Yeah. <laughs> so instead of having a shared car service, you now have a shared computer storage service. Yeah. That's fantastic. That's beautiful. There are uh, you're a wealth of knowledge and amazingness. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much for your time. Uh, we look forward to having no, no, you no, again. No, no, stop, stop, stop. See, this is the second stop. time I've done this and he's had to stop me. <laughs> no, no, I, 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 I tell you, I've got one real last question because this is the Futurology show and I just yeah. want to throw it forward. What do you <laughs> see the real impact of, of, of this cryptocurrency in South Africa? Because, I mean, I, th I think of the, the dramas like the Sasa crisis, etc., the very yeah. real challenges that we do face as a society. Mm. How much of an impact and how quickly of an impact do you see this happening? I see it having a massive impact. I don't see it happening quickly, unfortunately. Okay. Um, okay. But I do think that it relies on us building systems that displace government in these equations. Now, the thing that government will not realize is that we're actually doing them a favor. Absolutely. A lot of the shortcomings we have and mismanagement of finance in government isn't so much greed as it is ineptitude. They just aren't capable wow. of doing their job. No, no absolutely. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of greed, of course. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot absolutely. of misappropriation of funds for corruption, etc. Yeah. But, but a lot of it as well is incompetence yeah. and ineptitude. It's just, you know, it's but a lack of capacity. It's a lack of capability. Totally. It'll start to create a very transparent government system. Exactly. And, you, and, and, and so I think there's a message yeah. that isn't being given to government, which is, guys, we can make your lives a lot easier, yeah? Uh, absolutely. We can use technology to offload a lot of this burden. Yes. Um, and you can, you know, sit on your golden toilet in your massive ranch somewhere and do not worry about these systems and, and people getting upset with you because you're not buying textbooks. That's all happening automatically. Okay. Look, uh, again, when it comes to politics, I'm, I'm really not an expert, but, <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and I, you know, I, I'd like to think that, that the South African government is, is open to those discussions. They mm. certainly have shown that they are. I think we spend too much time fixating on the bad actors in, 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 yeah. in our no, politics. I, I, I quite and uh, you yeah. know when you when you when you actually engage with the Reserve Bank, even with Treasury, yes. um, with with Very various government thinking. departments, yeah. they they're open to these discussions. Yeah. I think I think they're not getting enough good help, and I no, think I as agree. as a sector, we could be doing more to to getting our hands dirty that's and helping out. Uh, uh, a, th a thought process that's been pinging around in my head since we actually spoke to Stephen Keane, 
because he 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 because I asked him the question. I said, "What is the role of government mm. in terms of this financial crisis and what's going on?" And he made a fascinating point. He says it's very simple. Government's got to focus on innovation because if you think about it, we don't need government to run SAA. In fact, government should be getting rid of SAA, mm. ESCOM, etc. Energy. I mean, individuals can solve the energy problem. We don't need government in there. Government yeah. mm. government's role is to really drive the innovation and fail where individuals cannot, you know, and if we can look at this kind of thinking and turn government or, or yeah, effectively government into a platform around that, it, mm. it becomes incredibly exciting. Absolutely. It really does. I government mean, as because, a service, that'd be great. No, as a platform. As a platform. As a platform. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because, I mean, they've got the data, yeah. and that's the key to the start. Well, that's the starting point. Yeah. Uh, I think the other thing that mass adoption of cryptocurrency will do to bring it back to that is it'll it'll force this process because – yes. Um, you know, it'll become increasingly difficult for governments to monitor your finances and Definitely. to assert any control over it. We, we're yeah. in a banking system at the moment where if the government needs to, it can freeze your funds, it can come into your bank account Absolutely. and remove yeah. funds, etc. Whereas with cryptocurrency, that isn't possible. So I kind of imagine a future where government has to compel you to pay tax, and the only re- yes. way they can do that is to offer exceptional services exactly. <laughs> so that you actually want to pay for them. You want to pay for them. Exactly. Um, and uh, I think that's another interesting side effect. But again, you know, we're probably decades away from any of this happening. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I don't know. I don't know. We can always live in hope. It, I'd, I'd, I'd love, I'd love we, to. Uh, we, can, we can throw stones against the mountain. I'd love to have you back on the show. And cool. if, if, you, if you'd be happy to come back, we'd love to talk to you some more. Um, quick question. Yeah. Do you see the future being more utopian or more dystopian? No backing utopian. up. Utopian. Utopian. So it's good, good, shiny, happy glitter around the sunshine and everything else. Great. Yeah, well, I mean, it's very difficult to give a binary answer to that question. Yeah, yeah. No, no, <laughs> the I know. The truth definitely lies in between. It's a spectrum. Yeah, For sure. So. It's, it's just I'm trying to give some of our listeners hope because every single time we bring up that question, we actually have time to dig into it. <laughs> it ends up taking a very gray turn. So, 100%. Uh, nice to have you on the show. Thank you so Great much. Look here. forward Thanks, to hearing guys. you talk Thank later. Thank you, Simon. Thanks, Simon. Well, that was fun, Brett. I enjoyed that chat. It yeah. really, really was. Fantastic. And uh, that was just one interview of so many great speakers here at the CX and Innovation Tech Fest. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, if you liked this uh, interview and you liked hearing all the thoughts and uh, future explorations, then there's more. There is. It's, it's on the Futurology uh, CX page. Yes. So please go and find those on there. Also on iTunes. And of course, if you want to be inspired within your organization, drop us a line because what you've experienced here, we're quite happy to come and set up a framework within your organizations because the inspirational part of moving beyond the disruption and, mm. and, and the challenge of technology is important to you. So thank you, Brett. I've yeah, enjoyed it. Thank our you, time. Michael. This is CliffCentral.com.